Hey, this is Chris to make some less than Jake, and you're listening to Mark and Me. Don't touch that dial. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Mark and Me podcast. This is the second part of a three-part special dedicated to the Slam Dunk Music Festival. Only a couple of days ago I released the first part which included interviews with the amazing bands, Movements, Less Than Jake and the absolutely awesome Paris. This time round I'm joined by the awesome Hawthorne Heights. Following that, we have the return of one of my favourite bands, and they joined me last year in the summer at the 2000 Trees Festival. Yep, they're back for more. I'm joined by Vakovi. And then rounding things up on today's special is a very, very interesting chat with the incredible Flogging Molly. So I really do believe there's a bit of everything for everyone. As you know, last weekend I attended both the South and the North sites for the awesome Slam Dunk Festival. I had one of the best times I could ever imagine and it's really put me in the mood for the summer festivals and I can't wait to get these interviews to you in just a couple of minutes time. I just want to say now a massive thank you for everyone that's taken the time to listen to the first episode. I've seen so many people sharing it, so many new followers and I can't thank you all enough for taking the time to listen and I hope you've all enjoyed these episodes as much as me. But now it's all about today's interviews and to kick things off I'm joined by a band that I adore. Hawthorne Heights. So here's me and Hawthorne Heights talking all things music. I'm here with Hawthorne Heights at Slam Dunk. Both of you, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Of course, thank you so much. Big fans, we appreciate you uh, wanting to talk a little emo with us. I'm all up for talking emo for the next 10 hours if you want. Let's do it. Let's do a down, massive special. Down. With most bands, what I do is I like to give the listeners out there an idea of how you guys became who you are today. But it all starts with those early albums that you buy. I remember when I was a kid, I used to save up my pocket money and I used to get literally cassettes. That's my age. But Smashing Pumpkins and Nirvana and I used to be obsessed. What was that first album that you remember buying or was handed to you that you fell in love with that made you want to be in a band? Absolutely. That's a, that's a wonderful question. And, and the bands that you've already named are the people that we grew up listening to at the exact same time period. So for me personally, it would have been when I first it would have been a three banger. So it would have been Green Day Dookie. Brilliant. It would have been uh, Smashing Pumpkin, Siamese Dream. Absolute masterpiece. And then the Weezer Blue Album. Genuinely, Those three things for me. Genuinely, My Name is Jonas is one of my favorite songs of all time. Absolutely. So let, let's Is yours as cool as this? For mine, the first record that made me want to be in a band and the first cassette I ever earned was Nirvana's Nevermind. It doesn't get much better, does it? Followed shortly by Pearl Jam's 10, a great record. Unbelievable. And then later, 
Green Day made me step it up and be like, I've got to get, I've got to be in a band. I've got to do this. Green Day's Dookie. So this is crazy, but I ask this question to every band, all the bands that have been on, all the bands that literally I get to speak to. But when you go and see a band live, that's when it all completely changes for me. I had Dookie, but the moment, and I, I'm, I've said this too many times today, the first ever gig I went to was Green Day on their Dookie tour. They came on stage and literally started with Longview and it just fucking erupted. And I knew at 11 that I wanted to pick up a guitar and be like Billy Joel Armstrong for the rest of my life. Was your first gig as cool as Green Day Dookie or are you gonna try and lie and say it's this really cool gig or was it kind of a, a band that you didn't really want to be cool and well, known for? He has a really awesome one. My, <laughs> mine is embarrassingly awesome though. Oh, okay. But for ridiculous ways. So I come from a really small town in West Virginia. So all we had was mainstream music like MTV and pop radio and stuff like that. So the first show that I ever went to was Boys to Men. Wow. TLC and Montel Jordan. So, so that was <laughs> the first the time I ever banger. saw a live musician, which did nothing for me in a form of wanting to play music or anything. But the first time that I saw Goldfinger oh, nice. live, followed by Blink-182 wow. at the 1997 Warp Tour. Fuck. Uh, they played at 11.15 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I basically dropped out of college eight months later to play guitar. Mar is Mark's is way cooler than mine, though. You know what's crazier, though? That Warp Tour, I went to, it would, it would either been the day before or day after. It would have been in Cleveland. We And we were like, you had not moved to our hometown yet, so we didn't know each other. But that was such a pivotal moment for me, too, seeing that. My first concert was was actually Nirvana as well as my first tape. Fuck. But it was uh, a couple years later on the In Utero Tour. They came through my hometown and played like our local hockey arena with the meat puppets and the boredoms. And it was it was life-changing. I crowd surfed, did the whole thing, went home, wrote an essay of how excited I was and wanted to be in a band. And, and at that point, -changing. they had Pat Smear join them. Yes. yes. Fucking hell. I did not crowd surf during Boys to Men. <laughs> you should have. I, I want to see I mean, that. It was, I could have, I could have, but I didn't. I was, you know, man, what a missed opportunity. Now, now I feel bad about it. Yeah. The, the thing is with live music then, it gets in your blood, it gets those little hairs on your neck sticking up, and if you then kind of swallow that and have it in your system, I don't think it ever leaves. And you both then picked up instruments, you both want to be in bands. Was that it? Was it never going to be another option that you were going to go and do a nine till five? Were you like, I'm going to fucking play guitar for the rest of my life, even if it's on the streets or in a fucking stadium? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, a, a lot of times we often joke that uh, being a musician is, is also some form of illness because it's something that's incurable. You know, like no matter what, even when you think, I should probably grow up and do something else, it lures you back in. And as long as you give it everything you have, it will typically work out for you. It's when you got one foot in and one foot out that's when you start like working at a gas station and playing guitar and the two don't meet. You know what I mean? You gotta go, you gotta chase your dreams. You can't like, yeah, you gotta chase your dreams. You can't walk after your dreams. 
there's also only so much annual leave you can request off. So if you're like, I'm going on tour, but it's going to cost me all my fucking annual leave for the whole year. Yep. That's a hell of a commitment. Absolutely. Well, we do it easier in America. Nobody gets any time off. So you just can't go. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't tour. You can't do anything else. You just either have to go to your job or be in a band. So we chose being in a band, and so far it's, it's been all right. What is it that you guys think keeps you going? Because during COVID, and it feels like a lifetime ago, but every single email I got was, Incubus have canceled their tour. Alice in Chains have canceled their tour. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to get to see live music again. There was honestly a moment, I believe, that that was it. What is it that keeps you now coming here, touring, that makes every night feel like maybe a first gig for you guys? I, I think it's... You know, for us, one of the main talking points in our music and one of the main inspirations is just the feeling of hope. And living in the Midwest, you always have to wake up every day and find your own way. So for us, we literally just found a way to make ends meet by running our web store, doing online shows, playing, uh, playing games with our fans over Zoom. So just really trying to maintain that level of entertainment for our fans even when we couldn't be face to face with them so you know we kind of did it in like little micro doses and we would sell 30 online tickets that came with a t-shirt and they got to spend a little bit of time with us and we got to learn a lot about them and uh it really brought us all together so it was kind of a matter of showing everybody that we're all in this together we can all get through this, and eventually the world will open up again. We don't know if it will go back to normal, but maybe it's just a little bit different than it was. But I feel like everybody's in a really good spot right now, and it really did for, for live musicians. It either broke them it's true, or strengthened them because it's a grind, and you don't realize it, but oftentimes you're stuck in this cycle that you don't even realize that you're in. Tour home, tour home, tour home. It's the first time that all of us got to take about 18 months or two years off and really recalibrate ourselves physically and mentally. And a lot of inspiration came from that because you don't realize it, but you're oftentimes, even though you're having fun, you're going through the motions because everything gets really routine. And every once in a while, you need a great reset. And unfortunately, it took a, 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 world, pandemic, a worldwide yeah. pandemic to be that reset. But it was able to reset the music industry and teach people that touring is not the only way to do this. There are other ways to connect with your fans and to promote your music. You can have a family and a home life and be a career musician. So I, it, was, it was not good nationally or internationally for health reasons but it was probably good for certain bands to recalibrate. Incredible answer where I'm like, fucking true. And you know what, now that this has happened, I kind of never take a gig for granted. If I see a band now, I'm gonna go and see them because there was a moment when I thought I would never see them again. Absolutely, and that, that's, that's actually a great perspective from the other side of the coin. It's like, you know, you've had times where you're like, I, I don't know, I don't really feel like driving 20 miles to, yep, to watch true. my favorite it's band. True. They're not playing in my backyard. <laughs> so, 
I don't know. I don't know if I should do this. Now you're like, if I want to see him, I'm going to see him. You know, like this summer, The Cure announced the North American tour. I don't know how many more they have in them. I'm going. I went to see them about eight weeks ago. It was fucking flawless. Two and a half hour set. They are like genuinely the most professional, perfect live band. And at the end, you're just like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Absolutely. And, it, and I'm so looking forward to it. I can't wait. When I've been talking to bands today, everyone's been talking about going on stage. They can't wait. You guys have already done your set, so it gives it a different dynamic. For you, how did today's gig go? Was it a blast? Was it fucking awesome? Are you totally like, this was the best day of our lives? Uh, it was great. You know, we've been over here for a few club shows, warm-up shows before this, and that's always fun because we were doing, like, sold-out club shows. So to, to come out to, like, a sea of people early in the day and we we got lucky we played early in the day so everyone's not worn out yeah and it's in the shade under the tent so uh, everyone's dying in here i look around was, and everyone's like fucking hell i'm dying but it's it, it's one of the funnest uk shows we've ever played yeah it, we were joking with the fans we were telling them that we actually brought the sunshine we had it we had it flown in with us because every other time we've ever come here it's either typically in the the winter or the fall and there's not a whole lot of sunshine and everything's a little bit chilly so today, this is our first taste of a real UK summer festival. And it's, it's beautiful, it's brilliant. And I'm already seeing some people laying down and it's like 3.30 in the <laughs> afternoon. And they're like laying down. I think this also might be the first time I've ever seen somebody from the UK sunburnt. Yep, you're gonna see loads of it tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, we've still got like another seven hours of today and I just pop my head out. And I'm not joking, I was like, I'm gonna be a salmon. If I stay out here, I'm gonna burn and be completely pink tomorrow, but. Back home, we call them lobsters. Lobsters, you that's get, awesome. You get lobstered. Promise me you won't take it with you. Now you've brought the sun here, because you guys are gonna fly back, and if you take it back, we're gonna be fucked, because this is supposed <laughs> to be our summer, and it's meant to last more than two days. <laughs> Please. We will try our best, you know what? It's on loan to you, okay. all right? But we'll I, I charge it. an interest rate. Oh shit. So. That's how we do it in America. Guys, what I do on this podcast is anyone that comes on, I ask them to choose the last piece of music that's played. So after our today's interview is wrapped up, I know there's two of you, so we might play rock, paper, scissor. We might toss a coin. But if there's any song in the world, and I've done 272 episodes now, I've never had anyone pick the same song. But is there a song that you love by any band or a piece of music or a song from a film? that once today's interview's all edited and ready for the world to listen to, it's played perfectly after today's interview. I'm putting you on the spot and people in bands find this really tough. That is a very good question. I'm, I'm gonna throw out one of my favorite songs that I think fits the vibe of everything that's happening here today. And it's Good Vibrations oh. by the Beach Boys. The, the Beach Boys, right, are this band that, when I grew up, my mom and dad, I remember them getting a CD player. And it was this big occasion in the house. It was like, oh my God, like they probably cost like 500 pounds. And my dad had pet sounds and he put it on. And I'm not joking, it was the first time you'd like not had to rewind or fast forward. God Only Knows came on. And I was like, I've never heard harmonies or vocals in my whole life. And I still to this day probably haven't. Even with Jeff Buckley and these incredible artists sound like the Beach Boys. They are just textbook for me. Absolutely. And you know, like as, as a musician, it doesn't get any better than 
the historical, like just the race between the Beach Boys and the Beatles, for us to see them and to see it play out, how much they were pushing each other and inspiring each other. Yep. I think that that's one of the most wonderful portions of musical history, and it it created literally pet sounds and Sergeant Peppers. It's incredible. And it's totally incredible, and that's why I picked that song. You, it's impossible to have a bad time while listening to that song. What would your choice be if he hadn't have chosen one of the greatest songs ever written? I would pick that again because I'm not going to top that. <laughs> that's amazing. Roll it, roll it back two times. Let's just, yeah, just play it twice. That. Eight minutes on the end of the podcast. Why not? Gooder vibrations. <laughs> and are you guys like? I know you can't always talk about stuff because it's always like locked in and the stuff, but is it going to be long until we see you back over here? We're working on that right now because we next year is the 20-year anniversary of our first album, which is a big one because, you know, it's it's something that you never even dreamed would ever happen. So to be able to play those songs for fans that first heard us when they were kids is something that we take very seriously. So we're going to try and work on getting over here as soon as we can uh, ar- basically around that album. Anniversary shows at the moment are this huge thing in the UK and we're so lucky. Uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, Thrice, the artist in the ambulance, they're gonna hopefully be touring across Europe and it's so good that you get to see these bands that just get to play that whole album in its entirety again. For 20 years and it's like you have this new discovered love because that band have moved on. They're not writing the same songs. They've evolved. But to see it live is something you could only ever wish for. And now it's reality. It's fucking awesome. Absolutely. And, you know, we're big Thrice fans ourselves. And we're kind of we're kind of greedy and kind of selfish. So we booked them on our own festival called Is For Lovers. So we are not only going to get to, like, play alongside them, but we're going to get to watch one of our favorite albums. We love The Artist and the Ambulance. It was really inspirational for us when we were first starting and we just think that they're a great band great musicians and nice people so we're excited to see that i love the fact that this will end up being a thrice podcast now but (laughs) dustin's vocals get better for every album the band evolve and like radiohead like the smashing pumpkins they never play it safe they're not just going to have one hit wonders they're not going to keep playing deadbolt they're going to completely evolve improve tepe's guitar work everything about that band to share the stage with them it must be a dream come true and I would book them at my festival it would be unbelievable and you guys are welcome if I ever make it you and Fries will be joint headliners at my festival I love it we're, we're there can you just sign this contract here <laughs> yeah. and we'll make it official we're there anytime any price any fee we're there awesome we love thank it thank you so much for coming on the podcast guys it's a pleasure I will let you get on to your next interview but your time is precious and it means a lot so thank you thank you very much thank we you appreciate so much. you talking to us and uh, we had a good good time here and we love your Mac and me sticker on your microphone <laughs> and <laughs> your Carrie so Fisher shirt. Well done. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear and the way the sunlight plays upon her head. I hear the sound of a gentle on the wind that lifts her perfume through the air. So there it is. There's my first interview of the set of three with the amazing Hawthorne Heights. What a great band. 
They were absolutely awesome at the festival and just people that I want to get back on the podcast as soon as possible. The chemistry was there from the moment we started talking and I just absolutely adored them and loved every single minute of the interview. So hopefully in the near future we can get them back for more. Next up, I have a returning guest on the podcast with the incredible Vakovi. This band for me are just chaos. This interview is chaos and Janine and Hamish are just hilarious. This interview for me is one of my favourites in the weekend and just goes absolutely everywhere. So I think the best thing to do is to share it with you now. So here's me and Vakovi talking all things music. Can you draw me? I'm here with Vakovi yet again, second time round. Thank you so much for coming back on, but this time we're not at 2000 Trees. We're at the absolute melting festival, Slam Dunk. We're dying, it's not good. No photos should be taken right now, but welcome back, both of you. Thanks. I've just realized your t-shirt, by the way. Adi Do you like Fisher it? It's an absolute beast. What a fucking legend, but... um. Last time you came on, I asked you all about basically how you got into music. I think we mentioned loads of bands. I think we talked about Biffy Clyro. We talked about loads and loads of music. But it's been a massive year. And in 12 months, a lot's happened. The world's kind of feeling like it's got back to normal. But I'm not just saying this because you're sat here. You couldn't have dreamed of a better year. You you guys have just exploded. It just feels like it used to be like, have you heard Vakovi? And now people are coming up to me saying, have you heard Vakovi? So oh, that's so mad does to it hear feel you say like, that. Does it genuinely feel like a really fucking good 12 months now? It's weird. It's weird. Three or four people have said that now today. And to us, that just doesn't feel like... Doesn't <laughs> that doesn't sit right. <laughs> it doesn't. Like, I, I had major imposter syndrome a few weeks before we did this whole run. Like, really bad. The worst I've ever had it. So then I'm like, is that... A th- is it the more popular or the bigger you get, the more your imposter syndrome becomes like it's, it gets worse like I'm still trying to figure that out yeah. I think we, yeah we were just saying that like I don't think you really ever get used to any of this do you know you get better, better at it but not used to it it's always weird that's like, not a bad thing I think what could be good about this is that you'll stay humble and you'll not be that band that in a couple of years I'll be like hey guys and you're like don't talk to me we'll talk see. to my assistant we'll see yeah. we'll see <laughs> <laughs> yeah next week I see you at 2000 trees and you'll be like fuck off I fanboy who the fuck are you <laughs> Does it feel really good to be here and kind of look at the lineup and see these incredible bands that have had 20 years in the industry, bands like Billy Talent, Less Than Jake, and see yourself on the poster? Is it kind of like you're pinching yourself thinking, you deserve it, but are you still thinking, fucking hell, like, this is a dream? Is that a good question? Yeah. We, I don't think we get much time to really think about that. <laughs> We just sort of are always like, what's next, what's next, what's next? Do you know what I mean? And we've been a band for a while as well. Put out three albums, you know what I mean? Of course. So, uh, it's weird, yeah. I don't know. Still not used to it. No. Uh, yeah, it's... Um, I, I mean, I suppose that is very validating when you see that. Uh, and I think the, the, the positive way to deal with that is put that positivity and confidence into writing music and yeah. creating music. 
I'm trying to channel channel it like that. I've never been lucky enough, obviously, in a band to be at a festival like this, but do you guys still get nervous? I know you said you're on your third album, you've been going a while now, but do you look at the lineup or get here today and still have butterflies and still have that feeling of like, Never changes. Fuck! It's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. I like that you're so fucking honest and real, because some bands are like, no, I get here and I know I've got a job to do and I'm just going to fucking rock. Martin's like, I need a shit. <laughs> Which is the nicest I've done three toilet. shits in four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Martin. <laughs> He's going to listen back and be like, you bastard. You fucked fuck me. Uh, no, yeah, still nervous as hell all the time. Yeah, I mean, you definitely, like, once you've done a couple of shows and you know the set's good, you've had a couple of warm-ups, but you're still, like, dead. No, yeah. Oh, it is terrifying. I genuinely believe that. What but do you do still as well? Do like, it. Do, do you come off stage and kind of play it back in your head or are you just too much in the adrenaline oh my god no you micromanage every minute of that set we are like honestly I think we are quite unrealistic with our expectations and it's <laughs> it's quite intense when you come off stage and you're like you just go through every fucking setting of the set and di- dissect it and tear it apart I like how honest you're being because some bands I think would come off and just pretend that it's all okay and the moment you leave the stage that's it but do you kind of self-analyse and think I shouldn't have done that little jump at that point or yeah. I, I, I fucked up on the fucking vocal on this bit. We're like, we're like obsessed with everything though. Like, I don't know if that's healthy or not, probably not, but no, we're obsessed with every element of it. So yeah, we definitely come off stage and overanalyze it to fuck. It's mental, but. I think only recently I've got better at trying to live in a moment and enjoy the process rather than um, like criticizing it all the time but it's that's just the it's like it is a part it's like a compulsion for us well what what's good news is this is gonna be like match of the day we're gonna sit here now and watch your whole concert back from today and we're gonna analyze every moment of it and (laughs) (laughs) and the fact that you do all this today do you then get to switch off now that you've done the set you've self-analyzed you've been fucking stressed and anxious do you get to switch off and go do you know what let's go and watch some fucking bands and just now have a beer and chill because otherwise you're going to drive yourself mental yeah, can you tell that to our tour manager? <laughs> Not, no. <laughs> Not really. I mean, we're very hungry. I'm starving. Yeah. So I think we're going to, like, we finish this in, like, an hour or something, and then we're going to go eat. Yeah. That's prime importance. We would love to stay more some bands, but we're, we're traveling to Leeds tonight. So Long drive. And I want nothing more than to drink a beer in the sun right now and think about nothing and just watch bands, but it's unrealistic, <laughs> unfortunately. We've got to go back home, which is in the Midlands, and then drive up tomorrow to do a whole other day of press. But to know that you're on stage and then you've got to drive up there tonight and do it all. It's exhausting. I mean, it doesn't sound a lot. Some people will be like, look, I do a fucking nine till five every day, but it's I can just see high alert all the yeah, time. Exactly. I'm talking to the most anxious band in the world, I reckon. Oh my God. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's unbelievable. I think you've had three panic attacks that you've hidden under your shirt today. You're like, fucking hell. Just very fidgety. Very, very yeah. We're just fucking hungry. What we should have, I've, I've got Skittles. Come on. <laughs> These are the new ones as well. Tell me another interview that you're getting to do that you get Skittles given to you mid-interview. There will be no one else out there. Any other podcast, ask them what sweets they've got when you start. If they've got desserts, limited edition, they've just come out. They've just come out. Thank you very much. That's Skittles. If we can plug them a little bit. 
the taste of the rainbow, they might send us like a oh life supply. They are so good. Skittles available now from all. Uh, dude, are they good? Oh my god, right. The flavors as well. We've got strawberry ice cream, chocolate orange, or just do what you do. Have a fucking mix. Mm. How good is that? I feel like I've just been revived. Mark and me reviving bands since 2023. <laughs> I love it. So now try and do the rest of the interview by chewing on about 10 skittles at once, which will be really good fun. <laughs> Listen to the ambience. What is next for Vakovi apart from playing tomorrow in Leeds? Have you guys got like a UK tour planned? Are you guys getting in the studio? What's next? Because I'm sure, like you said, your tour manager won't let you breathe. But as a band, <laughs> but as a band, you're not going to have any time off, are you? You're not going to be to sit there on your ass and just enjoy life. You're going to be busy again. See your previous answer. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, please. We I'll edit, copy, and paste the answer. <laughs> um, yeah, we've. Uh, I think we've been doing a lot of writing lately, um, and we're going to have new music out very soon. I don't know we'll be touring in the UK for a while, um, but yeah, sort of try to do one thing at a time, but also yeah. everything at the same time. Yeah, that's that's the bit. We're one thing at a time. Yeah, we have new music ready. Yeah, you you're always gonna have new music. You guys case. never stop. Like I I see you. You're not allowed to. <laughs> no, <laughs> the compulsion doesn't allow you. What I'm going to do, because I want you guys to have a break, and I understand that you've got to do another hour's press, but I'm going to ask you one more question, okay? Every band that comes on this interviews for Mark and me, every single band, and has been over 150, gets to choose the last piece of music that's played on the podcast. So after Vakovi has been edited and your interview's out there, there's a piece of music that can be played. Don't pick your own, that's the most arrogant thing in the world. Pick a band oh. that you guys love, that you would love to be played out maybe it's a song that means a lot to you maybe it's just a band you grew up that you fell in love with or someone you admire but what's the song when I asked the question that came to your heart your soul your head that once this interview's all done we play it out after today's interview it has to be one of the songs from the band last night oh my god that playlist was unbelievable Girls Allowed Girls Allowed it's got to be Girls Allowed Girls Allowed wow what song (laughs) that Girls Allowed Sound of the Underground. Yeah, it is. That's a banger. I think you. I genuinely think you weren't singing Sound of the Underground. Push the button. You were singing something else. I didn't. We're going to leave this interview with a lot of answers and e numbers. Yeah, I'm getting a pure sugar rush. Thank you guys for so much for coming on. We'll do it again another day. Hopefully it'll be a bit more chilled. Maybe we do it while we eat dinner. So we'll sit and eat dinner and do an interview. So we're enjoying ourselves, we're eating. And that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Let's do it next year. Third time for you guys on the podcast. We'll sit down, have a civilized big Sunday roast. That would be lovely. Vakovi come to dinner. Sunday roast is a good idea. Yorkshire puddings. It'll be worse next time though because hopefully we're on later and yep. you're going to get us pre-show and we're way worse. Oh my it's gonna god. It's going to be a nightmare. So, uh, Stay yeah. tuned for that next year. <laughs> Thank you so much guys.
So there it is. There's my interview with me and the guys from Vakovi. I told you it got chaotic, there was no structure, and it just went insane. And if you're listening right now, Skittles, you heard the plug, you heard us really promoting this on a massive episode for Slam Dunk Festival. Get in contact, give me your address, and send me boxes and boxes and boxes of Skittles. Please, I will do anything for that. I don't care if people are like, he's a sellout. I'll wear a t-shirt, I'll be like Garth and Wayne's all with a baseball cap, with the rainbow across my chest. I don't care. Send me Skittles. But a massive thanks to the guys for Vakovi, one of my favourite bands, incredible live, and someone that you just need to listen to. So if you're listening to this and you've never checked them out, after today's special, please do, because they're awesome and I can't wait to get them back on in the near future. Next up, and my final guest on today's episode, is the absolutely awesome Flogging Molly. Amazing performances when they go on stage. You just get the whole crowd in the whole band's hand. And Dave King, for me, has story after story and is an absolute legend. And he gets to share some of those with us today. And I'm very fortunate, very lucky, and I adore this guy. Honestly, get ready now because this guy's interview is unreal. And what I'm going to do now, instead of teasing you anymore, is to get straight to it. So here's me and Flogging Molly talking all things music. If I ever leave this world alive, I'll thank you for the things you did in my life. If I ever leave this world alive, I'll come back down and sit beside your feet tonight. I'm now here with Dave from Flogging Molly. Uh, welcome to the Mark and Me podcast. Lovely to be here. I feel like we should just sit here and talk about Star Wars for 20 minutes, but we do need to talk about music as we're here <laughs> at Slam Dunk. Now, because you're a band that have been going so long, and I, I, mean, I truly mean this, do you come to a festival like this and still get nervous? Yeah. Yeah, I get nervous all the time. I think that's one of the things that I'm sure any performer really who's even been doing it as long as we have will tell you is that if you don't get nervous before a show, there's something wrong, you know? Yeah. I mean I I mean I get really, really nervous. I have a ritual that I have to do. Oh, are you, you gonna, are you gonna spill the beans and let us know what well, it is? Like I, I have to put things in certain places and stuff like that. Like I take my watch off and it has to be placed a certain way. Um you know my, my stage glasses that I wear like I wear these are um, like these change with the sun oh okay like light reflective yeah thing, but yeah. when I'm on stage I just wear regular glasses so the sun doesn't change it yeah because I hate the idea of singing to a crowd wearing sunglasses that's just it really pure, bothers yeah. me yeah so yeah I've got yeah is there is there certain points where you've gone to get this on stage and then someone's moved your watch or something you're like right yeah this is going to fuck things yeah. up badly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I, I think I was talking to Dave Grohl about it as well. He's kind of the same. He has like a little bit of a, a ritual. We, everybody has bits of rituals that they do, you know. I love you just, uh, just talking to Dave Grohl, you know. Well, this was years ago when we were on tour with him and he was like, he has his little whiskey and then he'll have a beard. And, and I'm just saying, I'll have like a hot toddy before I go on. Yeah. I'll have a hot toddy when I got off. Uh, I'll have a sip of Guinness, just just a, a sip. sip. Yeah, not a not a chug or you know just a sip of a can of Guinness, and 
and then I'll drink it when I get back. <laughs> like a reward for the after the yes, show. Like, yes. here's a taster, get through the next yeah. hour and a half, yeah. and you can have the rest. Yeah. Where does it all start for you? Because when I was growing up, and I love taking it back to the start for bands, but there's a reason why you decided to pick up a guitar or sing or be in a band. Was there an album as a kid that made you want to be in a band or that made you just think, I can't do a nine to five, like I just want to be in a band. That's all I can do. I can't imagine working in Tesco. I feel like this album makes me want to be in a band. Oh, I mean, there were seven album, several albums that did that like, to me as a kid, but I think I think it was my parents, really. Yeah? Yeah, we were very poor, and we lived in a tenement house in Dublin. And we had one room. And for some reason, we had a, a piano that was up against the wall. Right. Right. And on Saturday nights, not every Saturday night, but a, a hell of a lot of Saturday nights, my parents would go out, and they'd bring back the lounge at the pub. And my mother would sit at the piano, and we'd all sit on the floor. And I'd have a little spoon that would be my microphone. I love this. And I would get a chance, like everybody, to, to, to sing a song. Like an open mic night, but in yeah. your lounge, yeah. Yeah, and it was like, I was like eight years of age, seven or eight years of age. And I've always wanted, ever since I, I, I think I've been in Flog and Molly, it's getting back to that room. And that room has become everywhere. That's amazing. I love that. You know, that room has become here. I was going to say, this is the biggest lounge in the world, but yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's like, that's what it's all about. And yeah, you get technical issues like today, our guitarist, God love him, Dennis. He ju his guitar just kept on breaking one of, one down. One of those shows. One of those yeah. shows. But all you could do is just smile and, you know, hammer away. But but that was always, there, was never, there wasn't really a, a musical influence that made me say, this is what I want to do. I just think what I wanted to do was do what my parents were doing. Yeah. You know? And I think Flog and Molly is kind of that. It's kind of like you could sing the song in a pub or you could sing it in a stadium. You could be in a band. You could do whatever. But, you know, I, you know, it's, it's always been something that has been hugely, hugely important to me, you know? I've had bands on recently. So um, I've had Incubus. Uh, a couple yeah. of weeks ago, I had Therapy. Yeah. And I was asking those guys, and I'm intrigued by yourself as well, what keeps you hungry? What keeps you f still thinking after 20 years? Like, do you know what? I still want to fucking do this. I, d I don't want to just sit back and just be like, I'm done now. What keeps you hungry every day? Well, there was never a plan. No. There was never, we're going like to do this. finishing line. Yeah, there was never a plan. This is what we're going to do. It was always just, oh, this is what we're doing now? Kind of a thing. It was more of a... You know, when we started, like, we started in Molly Malone's and, and literally, that's why we call ourselves Flogging Molly because we were flogging it to death. Yeah. Every Monday night, f two free drinks, and that was it. Uh, and then just things just started to kind of roll a bit. And then the Warp Tour came along. And then just people started to go, all right, I, yeah, this is, this is a bit, because we were, we were just as surprised as they were, you know, that we were there. So there's never been, yeah, as you said, there's never been a finishing line. There's never been like, this is the goal. There was never like, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But you seem so humble and you're still sharing the stage with Foo Fighters and all this. And you're still just like the guy that just is happy to pick up a guitar in a, a small pub and just have a sing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll tell you a great story. I mean, this is, you know, absolutely true. It was, it was in um, Amsterdam and it was uh, the 6th of June. 
and it was my wife Bridget's birthday so we're in, in Amsterdam rehearsing and we said let's go to a pub and do a little session because we do trad sessions every yeah. now and then so we sat in the corner of the pub it got the owner knew who we were he must have put it on the website or wherever next thing you know there's a line around the block and we're just playing traditional music and we did that and we had great time the next day we were playing with the Rolling Stones fucking hell <laughs> that's the kind of band Flogamolly is you know and they called us they called their tour manager uh, the Stones tour manager called their tour manager Casey and they uh, they wanted a picture with us and we went to their little compound at the festival and um, we got to take a photograph with the Stones and yeah it was amazing but literally the night before we were just sitting in you know a pub playing traditional Irish music do you think it'll just carry on like this because there's no end goal and because there's no expectations you're just going to keep having fun and making different lounges all over the world well yeah I mean you know that's what we've been doing for decades now you know um, it's almost 30 years isn't it yeah you know I mean it's how much the body can take as well you know uh, you know my next birthday I'll be 62 and it's like you're looking good, it, man. It's it, it's it's uh, well. I tell you, it must be the uh, it's the, the, it's the little bit of Guinness and then not having it all. all. Yeah, you see, it's that's the secret. Yeah, it's all everything modernization. You know what I mean? But uh, but yeah, no, I mean we just uh, we just enjoy. We love seeing people's faces and like today, like the crowd, for example, like you see children on top of parents' shoulders and stuff like that. Generations of. That's awesome, isn't it? You it's get great. to see like a dad, yeah, and his sons then yeah. now coming up, and then yeah. hopefully their kids, and yeah. his grandson, have yeah. all gone and seen your band for yeah. different reasons. Yeah, it's it it is amazing. It's something you never get used to, you know. What I do on this podcast, and it's my last question for you today, and I try and keep the podcast as original as I can. So I've done two hundred and seventy episodes. I've had actors, actresses, directors, film stars, bands. But everyone gets to choose the very final song that's played on the podcast. So after our interview's all edited and out there for the world to listen to, you get to choose that very last song. It doesn't have to be one of your own. It doesn't have yeah. to be Flog and Molly. But what's a song to you? And you might find this difficult because you write songs, you love music, it's your life. But what's a song to you that means a hell of a lot that would be a perfect outro song that's special to you in your heart and your head and your soul, like that's really meant a lot to you in your life? that's a really difficult one because it's hard, I know it's probably hard to believe but there's a person that spoke to me through their music and I felt like I felt like I felt like what he was feeling as he wrote it very strange I've never felt that before and believe it or not it's Beethoven I was never I could have bet my house that you'd not pick a classical composer, never mind Beethoven. Yeah, there's 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 Beethoven, there's parts of Beethoven that I I can feel the sadness and the joy. Uh and it's it's I, I myself and Bridget actually we, we go to the we go to the symphony quite a lot. Like almost once a week. Wow. If we can. Yeah. Um and to feel that energy and I always we always sit on the floor. We don't go upstairs. So the vibrations and you and can feel yeah. when you feel that that power 
coming. There's hairs on your neck sticking yeah, up. It's and your just chest. It's really amazing. But I, but I think probably you were talking about if there was a song that that made me want to be. I always remember, and many kids of, of my generation would remember as well. Would be when when Bowie sang Starman on on top of the pops. Unbelievable. And he looked at the camera. It 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 kind of it kind of made you feel like you want to be in, in, in this new model army or wherever it was. And then I had a wonderful, wonderful experience of getting drunk with David Bowie many years ago. Oh my Lord. In Los Angeles. And and we drank Guinness as well. And uh, it was an amazing experience. And uh, I was always a huge fan and, you know, so maybe Bowie Starman would be... Do you know what? That song is my know. favorite Bowie song. And I'm only is 41, really, yeah. but I was... The very first festival experience for me, and it's quite good because we're sitting at a festival now, but when I was 18, I went to my very first Glastonbury in the year 2000. And when I got there, there was a small band called Coldplay that were on at <laughs> midday. Then yeah. there was Muse at two o'clock. And I was like, God, these bands are great. Wow. But the very final band of the whole day was David Bowie. And wow. I walked past and I was not, I can't pretend I was this big Bowie fan because I wasn't at 18. And I stopped and I just looked up and I didn't move for an hour and a half. And I was just absolutely blown away. And he played Starman and the whole field was singing along. Yeah. And that moment I was like, a bit like when I heard Elton John, Tiny Dancer. Yeah. I was like, there's something in that song that's gonna stay with me forever. Yeah. And when I hear it now, I kind of honestly get a tear because I remember being stress-free, mortgage-free, happy yeah. in a field and seeing someone on stage that was born to be there and yeah. it was yeah. unbelievable yeah he was i mean like i would never say like i was born to be there in a sense but people like bowie definitely they were they were, they were beyond the depths they were they were just you know and it, it, like it was going back to my mother i mean my mother my mother had the most outrageous i'd be out playing football right and my mother when she called me in had the most outrageous hell and all the other kids would take fun of me my mother would go, dude, like that. <laughs> and it was horrible. And one of them was, I, she brought me and she'd sit down. And it was Bowie doing Starman on top of the pops. And she goes, you listen to this. You know? And I, I sat there and I was like, obviously blown away. Um, and yeah, I used to wear, actually, I used to wear my mother's platforms to school. <laughs> and it was okay, because Bowie did. <laughs> these like these wedge platforms brown wedge platforms to school and uh, I didn't give a shit you know it was it's it was you know Bowie Tom Petty and Jeff Buckley for me are those people uh, yeah. that are just there's a reason that they're legends and yeah. I just I would give anything to sit down and a yeah. Had the chance to do what yeah. we've done today with Bowie imagine oh, it man. And, well you did you fucking did yeah you know what and I tell you I don't remember much of it you know, um, a really funny story actually. Uh, the band I was in at the time, the guitar player, he was from Switzerland, and he still lives in Switzerland. And the last time we were in Flog when Flogamolly was in Switzerland last year, he was at our show, and I hadn't seen him in years. And uh, he was backstage, and he says, uh, "We're talking. He's, he's got this really thick German accent, you know, Swiss accent." And he goes, "Do you remember that fucking night we got hammered with Bowie?" <laughs> and I was like. It was true. <laughs> I mean, it was that kind of an experience. I'm so glad that someone else saw well, that I, night. I was, yeah. I, I'm so glad someone else remembered it. Because I was like, because I barely kind of remembered it. We got hammered. 
Yeah. You know, but it was, it was wonderful. It was, and he was, he was a gentleman. That's that a is going to be the perfect outro to this whole podcast special <laughs> with twelve bands. We're finishing with Barry because yeah. there is only one. There is only one. Thank you so much for your time. We're going to be in Leeds tomorrow. Uh, oh, excellent. So we're coming. Today's working all day, yeah. doing all this. Tomorrow, let our hair down. We'll be there dude. at the front, and we're going to fucking rock out with you. Do a 5.15. There we are. Thank you for coming on, dude. It's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thanks Thank so you, much. sir. So there it is. There's my third and final interview from the second part of my three-part special for the Slam Dunk Music Festival. And what a great one to go out on. Flogging Molly were one of the most popular bands all weekend at Slam Dunk. The crowd went insane, and as you heard, Dave King is a pro. He's been doing this for years, decades, and is just an absolute legend. The stories he shared with me today, in only 15 minutes, will stay with me forever, and I can't wait to welcome him back and hopefully find out even more in the near future. It's just amazing. You're sitting talking to him, and he's like, Oh yeah, Dave Grohl said that to me the other day. Oh, I remember getting drunk with David Barry. And you're like... Wow, like he's so humble, he's seen it all, he's lived it, he's been there and it was just unreal having him on Mark and Me. So thank you so much for coming on and honestly I can't wait to get you back on one day very soon. So that's it for today and you've had interviews with Hawthorne Heights, for Covey and Flogging Molly and I really do believe there's a bit of something for everyone that's been to the festival or anyone that's interested in going to Slam Dunk. I truly had one of the best weekends of my life. It was an incredible weekend. And I just want to say now a massive thank you to Emma and Siobhan for running the show and kicking ass as you always do. I'll do a massive rundown and big thank yous and shout outs to everybody on the next episode as the third part of this. But for today, what I do want to say is if you've enjoyed today's episode, please share it. All the links for Mark and Me, including my Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, are all on markandme.com. If you hop on there and then start following me or retweet the episodes or share it on Instagram or like it on Facebook, it really does go a long way. I'll never start charging for these episodes, but what I do ask if you've enjoyed it is just to take that two minutes to share the episode. It really, really makes a massive difference. Also, if you've really enjoyed today's episode and want to give a little back, obviously the festival specials cost me a lot of money. I have to go there, I have to do the petrol, I have to do food, I have to travel all around the country. So if you can help me out, I do have a Patreon account. All the money that comes in via Patreon goes right back into the podcast and there's a link on markandme.com on how to sign up. You can do this for as little as £1 a month. You get two episodes of Mark and Me every single week. You get specials like this. You get a welcome pack which includes stickers, badges and so much more. And exclusive episodes that are only available for people via Patreon called The Lost Tapes. Also if you want to subscribe via Apple Podcasts for $3.99 a month you have access to all that too. And it's another way of just helping Mark and Me. I'll be back in only a couple of days time with another brand new episode and it's the third and final part of these specials for the awesome slam dunk so until then look after yourself listen to Vakovi, hawthorne heights flogging molly and all the back episodes of mark and me and until then i'll speak to you all very soon Let's
Yeah. 